Punchboard Media, where we all bring something to the table. Pull up a chair at punchboardmedia.com. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Gumbo Live. Here's your host, BJ from Board Game Gumbo. Hey, Board Gamers, BJ from Board Game Gumbo here, back with take two of episode number 129, Gumbo Live, the number one Facebook Live talk show in Raleigh Dorm, North Carolina, dedicated to board gaming. Our special guest tonight, it's Dan Patrice of the Geek All-Stars. He's going to be talking about some of the geek news, some of the hot, spicy hot games we played, and also we'll play a game with him with the chat crew at the end. Board Game Gumbo, a proud member of Punchboard Media. Hey, check out some of our other fine members, like the State of Games podcast. Dan, you know that one. Chris, Darrell, and TC have a great podcast focusing on con travel, on games, on design tips, and news from the world of gaming. And my favorite part, what really grinds their gears, Punchboard Media, where we all bring something to the table. Hey, hit us up on social media tonight, on Twitter, on Facebook, or on YouTube, at Board Game Gumbo, and we'll be looking for your questions in the chat crew. But enough blather, let's get right to our special guest. Hey, Dan, what's up? How's it going? (laughs) I don't know what happened. We had a little (laughs) weird error with Facebook Live kicking us off, but we're back. Thanks to our friends, Beth Sobel, who told us, hey, you and Dan are talking, but nobody can hear anything. Yeah, I think Facebook found out I'm wanted in about 40 states. It's it's either that or it's that outfit that you have on. Dan, tell us what you're wearing. I was wondering if all the uh, lights and everything was going to either put people into seizures or uh, or annoy people. So I apologize if if it gets to be too much, Chad. You can just tell me, and I'll I'll take the lights off. But I'm very very festive. I love love the Christmas season, don't you? I absolutely love the. Hey, you know what we should talk about? Christmas music. <laughs> I love Christmas music, Dan. Do you like Christmas music? Oh, I didn't realize that you love Christmas music. <laughs> I've been listening to Christmas music for weeks, Dan. How about you? Oh, absolutely. You know, what's pretty funny about that is that, uh, so my co-host on a gig all is Chris Kirkman. Uh, he absolutely, he loves Halloween. It's his absolute favorite day of the year. So anytime he sees anything having to do with Christmas before Halloween, he just, he, he you know what really grinds my gears? I'm sure he's talked about it a ton of times <laughs> on his stadiums, but he's like texting me. He's like, there's, there's trees out in here. I see this trees. And he gets all rah, 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 rah. And I'm like, me, I'm the opposite. Like November 1st. As soon as the Christmas music starts, I've got to start listening to it. I can't get enough. I mean, obviously, by the time Christmas is over, I'm a little tired of it. So then, like, once New Year's or Christmas, the day after Christmas, I'm oh, no more. I'll wait till November again. But until then, I absolutely love all things I am Christmas. like you. When New Year's Eve rolls around, I don't want to hear another Christmas song. But, hey, let's not talk too much about Christmas songs because you and I talked about it for 10 minutes already. <laughs> what we should talk about is who is Dan Patrice? What are the Geek All-Stars, or who are the Geek All-Stars? And also, I mean, it's a Geek All-Star tradition. What are you drinking, Dan? Well, to start, well, what, what is that you had there? It was a so, nice-looking can you had there. I, look, look in honor in honor of Dan Patrice being on the uh, show tonight, I my my bumper is talking about Chris Kirkman's show, right? And then I've got Dice, I've, I've got uh, Draft Mechanic shirt on tonight, Draft Mechanic from Charlotte, North yep. Carolina. And then finally... Farmer Ted's Golden Ale from Catabra Brewing Company, which you said has a couple of good beers. Yep, they sure do. I've actually I like got, this one. What do you got? I've actually got Raleigh Brewings. This is a, one of my favorite beers, the first squeeze. So it's an American wheat ale with uh, with orange with orange peel, but it's uh, excellent. A little not too not too fruity, but yet still has that good little twist to it. I love citrus beers, which which the chat crew would know if they heard us talking whenever the whenever the show wasn't loading. Oh. Dan, it's one of those things where we had the greatest 15 minutes of opening ever, and nobody's ever going to hear it. So, 
But it's okay. Well, we can uh, we can talk again. I, would you like me to tell you who uh, who, who the Geek All Stars are? Or tell us, tell us, Dan, who are so, the Geek All Stars? So the Geek All Stars right now, currently, it's uh, myself and Chris Kirkman, and Chris Kirkman's been around for about 150 episodes. Now we've been around for almost 10 years now. And kind of what happened was my buddy Todd, so I'm a pharmacist uh, by trade, and my wife is also a pharmacist. And uh, I was working nights at the time, working seven on seven off with my buddy Todd, who's another big geek, and he's actually a movie director. And he was, we, every night we would be talking about, it was kind of almost like a, a Seinfeld episode. It was like every night was, uh, you know, just talking about nothing. And uh, I was a huge gamer, and he liked games, but he wasn't really a huge board gamer. But we took myself, uh, who was the board gamer, my buddy, Paul, who uh, was kind of a tech guy, and then uh, Todd, who was a big movie director, and we just started. We were like, you know what? Let's talk. Let's make the Geek All Stars and just do a podcast. Since, and you know, back then, uh, ten years ago, there was like four or five board gaming podcasts, so it wasn't really a whole lot. So we kind of wanted to branch out and do a little bit of everything, and then eventually. I started getting taught into gaming and he just went, just jumped headfirst into gaming. Like a lot of people do where you just, you buy everything. You, you just can't get enough. He just started loving gaming and all sorts of different games and just couldn't get enough. And then eventually about, I want to say it was probably about a year into it, year or two into it. Todd decided to take a job in Antarctica at McMurdo station. What? Yeah, it was crazy. So he, he went down there and what you do down there when you do the uh, rotations at the station is you're only allowed to be down there for about eight to 10 months at a time at right. most. So he was down there for then. And then he ended up coming back and he had kind of moved away. But once he left and then right after he left, my buddy Paul had gotten married and moved to Seattle. He ended up moving back, but he had moved all the way to Seattle. So, so all of a sudden I was without a co-host. Oh. So uh, I did a couple of reviews kind of with a couple of different fill-ins, but then I just, we had so much, such good chemistry with Kirkman that I just, it just became my, uh, my co-host and I was calling my, uh, my long lost twin brother. So myself and Kirkman have been doing a show for about 160 Almost episodes then. 10 years, Dan. Yep. I think you guys started in 11 or 12, something It was like 11. That? So I want to believe it was, uh. It was the June of 11 is when we, we started uh, the show. And we, we uh, I, you know, back to, well, pretty much, uh, especially early on, uh, Tom didn't want, you know, people, they wanted to make sure that people had an actual established show and were more than 50% sure. about board games. So, uh, you know, I didn't know how any, you know, back then when you first start out, you don't know how anything like networks or anything like that works. So after a while, Tom and Eric were like, I was talking to Eric one time. He's like, what do you mean? you're? I thought you were already on our network. I was like, all right, well, sounds good. So we it's joined done. the we joined the uh, the Dice Tower Network back then. Proud been, members uh, of the Dice Tower Network. Hey, live show. We got a couple of people checking in all the way from down under. My good buddy Joel Lewis, or as I like to say, Joel Lewis, uh, designer of uh, Fluttering Souls. Dan, you might have seen that one around the internet. Fluttering Souls. I think I have. Game. Really, really cool game. Our favorite lefty writer, Patrick Newman, saying, "Hey, Patrick, we got to see what you're drinking tonight because we, we've got we've got a couple of stuff here." There's a man after my own heart, Jeremy Howard, checking in. Hey, what's up, Jeremy? Oh, how's it going, Jeremy? I bet Jeremy's got some kind of smoky scotch or something like that that he's drinking. Hey, we know this guy, Don Lyles. Yes, we do. Don, we got to do something. Andrew is just killing us. Yeah, all the uh, games that we play. You know, he's part of our... He's kind of part of our four horsemen of the apocalypse playing all these online games all the time between uh, me, BJ, Don, and, and uh, Andrew Buckholtz. But... uh Buckles just he just beats us at everything. Oh, it's man. amazing! Just, the Roger Dice he's got us in, in Roger Dice. Trent Turner checking and says, "Hey, loves the state of games and geek all stars." Oh, so well, it's for you, you, Dan. Trent. I really appreciate it. There's someone I recognize the last name. Last name I'm not sure if you know her. 
Janice Patrice? <laughs> it's my wife. <laughs> hey, look at that beautiful picture. Most look at that picture. Woman Hello, Janice. She's the one that gave me these as well. She's like, why don't you wear those? I was like, okay, why not? <laughs> Thank you for checking in, and we fully expect her to join the show later uh, tonight if she wants to join us. <laughs> hey, from the PJs and half asleep. <laughs> <laughs> from the No Cube Zone, we got Jordan checking in. Jordan, some great episodes lately. You guys are killing it. They just hit their 50th episode, Dan. Hey, congratulations. And, and you know how it is. People start podcasts, they get to episode five or six, and then it just yep. kind of pod fades, right? These yep. guys well, and, and you're not really a podcaster until you've uh, at least pod faded one or two shows <laughs> that you've you started. So, Hey, I, we took a break for about four months. And uh, we, you know, I was just burnt out, had some things going on at the house. And, and then it, it was actually kind of nice when we recharged, but we came back. Got Beth, who who saved us from talking to ourselves for an hour. Yes, and a half thank you very day. much, Beth. <laughs> thank you, Beth. We appreciate, it. and that's right. So, so Patrick says he's drinking Orange Blossom Mead from Celtic mm. Cross Meadery. Are wow. you a mead drinker, Dan? No, I I don't think I, I think I've tried mead before, but um, I haven't really looked into acquiring some more mead. But I would, you know, I'm not. A, I would try just about anything, you know. But, I've uh, never tasted mead, and I definitely – this is a little out of my league. The name father says Dragon's Milk Reserve Bourbon Age Stout. Oh, that's a good stuff. That You can't have too much of that, though. <laughs> that's, that's the one. Now, this make one you go broke and NC double. Dan, I don't know if you know about this, but my, my kids play lacrosse. Have I ever told you that? No, I've heard of that before. <laughs> so, uh, Don Lyle says Kugel. And the only reason I know Line and Kugel, because that's not a that's not a Louisiana drink, but one of our um lacrosse coaches was from up north and he loved he was from uh, Minnesota and uh he he was from St. Paul and he loved Line and Kugel. So I never even heard of it, but Line and Kugel has a lot of good uh you know shandies and a lot of the uh, fruitier beer, but uh but that vanilla porter is also excellent. I highly recommend that. <clears throat> Alice Goldsmith says, When is the Geek All-Star voting this year? And can you fill out multiple ballots? Like, remember, <laughs> remember the All-Star game? You can fill out as many ballots as you want. That's right, as many as you want. You know, we're going to, I actually, usually about this week or next week, I'll put up the uh, the uh, voting for the game of the year. We'll go up on the uh, on the site. Okay. This this tells you that Alex is a hockey player, not a baseball player. Jeremy Howard at shortstop, six foot something? No, that guy's a first baseman, man. You plug that guy at first base, you teach him how to stretch, right? I want to put him on defense. I want to play, I want him to be my defense partner. Big dude man, like that. Jeremy's too tall to play. You don't put him at short. So although things change because there are a lot of big shortstops now, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. <clears throat> Alex. Well, he'll probably be good on, on skates. And if I could uh, stand next to him and nobody would mess with me at all. Mm, I don't know Mead. Hey, there's Mick checking in. Mick from our family play. Another one that hit, just hit their 50th episode. Also. Hey, congratulations, Mick. Congratulations to Mick and all of them. So we've got a we got a big show tonight. We're gonna be we, we, I told Steve, in fact, let me get Steve in here. Um I told Steve that what we'll be doing is we're, we're gonna sort of steal the format from the Geek All Stars a little bit. <laughs> but but sounds good to me. But this is not gonna be a three and a half hour show. Though. No, that's okay. Let me tell you, it wouldn't be the first to steal something we've done. <laughs> hey, Steve, what's the, the name father's checking in? What's up, Steve? Hey, guys, how you doing? Hello, Steve. How's it going, so, Dan? So one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about is you you, you have so many places that you're, that you're doing. I just don't understand how you can do so many different contributions, Dan. Um, how did you get involved in some of them? The most important one to me, because Steve, it's that time of the year when Steve and I talk about charities that we like to donate to. Mm-hmm. And you have one near and dear to my heart. Gamers for Cures. How did that start? 
So my daughter has uh, Turner syndrome. And again, I started it pretty much about four or five months after I started the podcast. I was doing a, uh, a Komen 5K and I was listening to just podcasts and stuff. And I kept hearing about people doing extra life and playing video games for 24 hours. So I thought, well, gamers will do anything to play board games. So I was it's like, let me start a board gaming for 24 hours. And I thought it wasn't going to be much anything. I even thought of just doing it at work where I would just get a couple of guys and we would just sit in the uh, sit in a, a board room and do it. And then I approached uh, the local Gamers Armory, who's a local FLGS, about doing it. And they thought it was a great idea. So it started pretty small. We only had... Oh, we only had probably about 20, 30 people that were doing it like overnight all the time that, that that first year. And then we've just been doing it every year up until this year. Obviously, with COVID, things have changed. But um, we have been doing it for nine years. We would do a 24-hour board game marathon. Marathoners make donations to to play for a full 24 hours. We have what's called the wall where we get right. donations. At Gen Con, I get a ton of donations. And throughout, you know, a lot of great publishers are just great about sending games uh, for the charity and we put it up on a wall and you buy dollar tickets to put it into whatever slot you want put your name and number on there and we also do it online you, you can get uh online raffle tickets and uh we just just play games for uh 24 hours and we've made uh we we, we donated everything to charity we do it for the turner syndrome society of the carolinas and the also for the main chapter of the u.s excuse me which is down and i believe it's san antonio uh but up to date we've raised over one hundred and thirty thousand dollars for Turner's Turner Syndrome Society, wow. just for our charity, it's a uh, wow, Dan, fantastic. Thank you. Good on you. <laughs> Over one hundred thirty—that's a lot of money, Steve. One hundred thirty thousand. Steve, should, should we throw Topher out? He's drinking bush beer. Everybody's talking about all these craft beers <laughs> and meads, and he's drinking think, bush beer. I think the bush beer and the and the ramen are enough of a punishment. <laughs> yes, that's that's an interesting combo. <laughs> Dan, you talked about on the state of game. I mean, on um, on your show, the Geek All Stars, that with Gen Con not being around, it was a little. It, it it made you have some pause about what to do with your games for cures this year. What what did you decide, or do you want to wait to talk about it on the show? No, no, no. We've. Uh, I mean, it would have actually been about a month. It's always the uh, second week, second weekend in November is always when Gamers for Cures is. So obviously. This year, without having a lot of donations, without being able to go to Gen Con, because between Gen Con Origins, kind of where you get um, all of the connections, and we get, a, I drive to Gen Con up in Indy. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I have an SUV like everybody, like a good old uh, suburban middle-aged uh, man. You know, dads. I have a, uh, an SUV, so we uh, we always drive up there, and we get all sorts. Of, I just pile up and all the donations in the back, and that's kind of how we get everything for Gamers for Cures. But this year. And I really didn't, I felt really bad. You know, it's been hard enough with publishers uh, having to deal with COVID themselves and no cons. So I didn't really want to, you know, I didn't want to reach out and, and ask for handouts this year because it's hard enough for them. So I just thought this year we'd, you know, giving back, just doing more of, you know, helping to advertise and to buy games ourselves more from the publishers and FLGS to support it that way. And we'll just, we'll just put off Gamers for Cures for one year. I thought about doing it in the spring or pushing it back, but I'm just going to push it back for a, for a full year. And we'll have our, our big 10th anniversary uh, extravaganza. We'll just have to wait another year. But, but we're gone, but not, well, you know, we're postponed, but not forgotten. Not forgotten. Well, hey, make sure you contact me next year because I would love to participate. It sounds like an awesome Absolutely. charity. One part of the Geek All-Stars is... Man, you guys run one of the longest news segments. I mean, everybody brings in the news and what everybody, to me, has been talking about the last couple of days. The first topic I want to talk to you about is Restoration Games hiding one of their big releases and just throwing it out there 
right around Black Friday, you know, Black Friday and Cyber Monday. And to me, it just caught the board game world on fire. And then what I'm talking about, of course, is the Little Red Riding Hood versus Beowulf set. You know, Steve, Red mm-hmm. Riding Hood, Wolf, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. I, yeah. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great pun. It's a great pun. So, but but are you into Unmatched, Dan? Are you, are you a big fan? So this is a, uh, this is kind of a, 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 there's a, there's a humorous side of this. Yes, I love Unmatched. I don't play it all that much because I never win. Because I, you know, the my main gaming partner with something like this is Kirkman, and he is just strategy and tactics through the nose. Like I can never win when I play unmatched at all. So it's it's hard for me to get it to the table because I'm like, like why put something down that I'm never going to win? But I absolutely love the game. I have to, I you know, if I can just get my uh, you know my my wife or or my kids or uh, actually when my buddy another buddy of ours Chris comes over, we are always playing. Uh, Gloomhaven, so we never have time to play, you know, something small, uh, you know, smaller. But the unmatched system is is second so, to none. What they've done to that system is just unbelievable. I, I don't know how Justin and Rob did it, but they've got this new set that has come out, and it's a different artist from the first one. But to me, it still has sort of the same flavor, yet yet looks a little bit different. But they made a couple of big changes. Now I've not played it, unlike our friend Don, who's been bragging about it all over social media that he's that he's got to play. And we haven't played. <laughs> neither one of us have played yet, right? Steve, Dan, mm-hmm. I no, I haven't gotten this set yet. <clears throat> I would love to play this new set because it looks right up my alley. It's got two characters: it's got Literate Riding Hood, and it's also got Beowulf. It also introduces a couple of new mechanics. One cool one is this doorway. Do you see those little brown things up in that upper corner? Mm-hmm. The doorways are really cool. One of the one of the issues when you're playing, sometimes you just have to get away. You just need a couple, a turn or two to survive, pull some cards. But everybody's got about the same movement, so you really can't get away, right? Yep. The doorways, as you're running out, you can slam the door closed. It's a free action, and the person coming from behind has to use up one of their movement points to open up Ooh. the door. So I like that. It gives you a chance to kind of run away and maybe get it. Um, especially with a character like Red, where she's a brawler, but the huntsman is a is a is a um, range weapon guy. I can see some cool combos where Red pops in, slaps people around, runs out, and then lets the huntsman pick people off. Right? They do a really good job with the uh, companions on every one of their sets. Uh, they do. You know, they're very mm-hmm. obviously very thematic. The cards uh, really are are good support for it. And what's really great about Unmatched is kind of that cat and mouse game. Uh, it's, you know, and it has that roots to even poker and magic and everything else where you have to know what the other, especially when you play it enough, you have to know what's, what they have or don't have. And sometimes you just got to go for it when you're, when you're playing it. Cause there's almost everything can be countered in some way by the other decks. And that's, what's great about the balance of the game as well. I'll give a shout out to Dukes of Dice. They had an awesome episode that came out this week where they got a sneak peek at it. They, uh, did a, an interview with Justin, but they also, Sean did a full review of the new set. And the shout out is because I think he hit the nail on the head. It rewards people that play these decks more and more, but not so much like Magic the Gathering or Arkham Horror or one of these. I'm not Arkham Horror, the the one with the Android, Android Netrunner. Mm -hmm. Not so much where if you know the decks, you can't be beat, right? Right. I don't find that. I mean, if you know, if you've played Unmatched before, you'll probably win that first game against somebody, but you're going to have to play well because anybody that knows how to play any kind of tactics, or play card play and see the combos. It only takes a game or two to figure this game out, don't you think, Dan? Oh yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, and and that's the thing. Like you said, once you've played a time or two and you know kind of like the first time you play against somebody who has played, you won't realize that there's actually the counters mm-hmm. for things. Right. And that's right. why when you right. know it's coming, you can kind of see. And I'm pretty sure, um, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm pretty sure that you cannot hide how many cards you have in your hand. So, you know, you knowing that they have, you know, and, and sometimes somebody can get caught without a card in their hand. So, you know, depending on how defensive or how much you get, and there are characters that they kind of feast. I believe it, I think it's a, it's Medusa that actually feasts off of um, making people discard cards or really kind of cashes in when they don't have a hand. Robin Hood likes doing that too. Robin Hood loves making people discard cards, you know? And then when you can play that one card, that's easy to counter. But if you can't counter it, it's huge. I think there's usually like a five or six damage card where if you, if you can't counter it, even though it's easy, so that's where kind of the repeated play lets you know, oh, this is an easy one to counter or this isn't an easy one to counter. So that's just, you know, an experience is good. But like you said, it's you're never going to be completely outmatched no, no matter what in those games, which is great, uh, which is which is a great thing about that design of uh, unmatched. They're, all, they're always a tough first play. We've only played it the once and without, you know, Dave Duga whispering in our ear, uh, it would have been uh, it would have been a flat out crush. Um, so yeah, you, you've got to return some effort, uh, in, in coming back to the game. I do like the four player game, by the way, if you, Dan, I don't mm-hmm. think you've played the four player game. Have you? No, I have not played it for, I played it. Uh, I, I, man, I was wondering, is the uh, downtime bad or is it not mm-hmm. too bad at all? Not, well, well I guess everybody's t- count. I guess everybody is, is using one of the. On TTS, it took a while. We, okay. we, we took a 30 minute game and made it about an hour and 20 minutes because on, yeah. you know, everything takes longer on TTS. I'm sorry. Right. Tabletop similar, just trying to move things around. By the way, not, not the, the game's fault. Implementation is fantastic. It's an official restoration game. So it's fantastic, but everything is slower, Steve. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. You know, and, and one thing I wanted to add too is what's amazing about what, what, uh, what Justin and Rob have done is that, you know, we, we talk about the repeated play, but uh, the replayability is amazing. So even though you you may have played, you know, whether you played Red or, or Beowulf a bunch, every one of the decks feels completely different, whether Absolutely. you're playing mm-hmm. Sinbad or uh, Robin Hood or, or Alice. They all have a, a different niche to them. And even though there are things that are familiar you also have a very unique mechanic to it, which I absolutely love about the way that they design. And, and it's, and it's amazing. And, and I believe with, with all their partnerships, especially with, you know, having Buffy the Vampire Slayer, they have some great IPs up their sleeve and I can't wait to see mm-hmm. what's, what's next. Yep. And with these two sets, they each, they each have a cool new mechanic. Uh, Reds has, has that basket that you see in her picture and the basket is sort of a little, I don't want to say push your luck cause that's not what it is. It's more of a chaining thing where, when you play a card, it's got an extra symbol. And if you can match that symbol with the next card you play, you get some kind of bonus action. That's yeah. pretty cool. Yep. I like that, especially if you can set up the combo right. And, you know, Beowulf is not as interesting to me, but a lot of people are going to like it. Beowulf's is all about rage. He's got these three or four rage tokens. And as he generates rage, either by getting hit or using cards or even having his sidekick accidentally slap him in the face you know <laughs> gets mad takes a point of damage and all of a sudden gets this rage Beowulf can do seven eight points of damage or even take out a character completely just wipe the character off the board with one hit so that rage that rage uh thing looks pretty cool i'm a little bit more inclined to the reds mechanics but hey look these restoration mm-hmm. games has it going on i think unmatched is, is a game from restoration games that we're going to still be talking about 10 years from now i really do well, just wait till Dark Tower comes out, though. <laughs> oh yeah, I played it. Uh, I played it. That's a long game, though. I want to oh, see that's how. Oh, that's true. Is. Yeah, I want to see how it is now. Um, 
you know, now that they've done that. So that is from restoration games. That's just the news. We haven't played it, but that's just the, uh, the news that came out. But there is a game that I wanted you to talk about, Dan, because you've played it and I've played it. BJ more game gumbo. I've got my guest here, Dan Patrice of the geek all stars, and you've played lost ruins of Ornak. And can you go anywhere in the internet without somebody talking about this game? No, probably not. And rightfully so though, men and Ellen and CGE have done such an amazing job with this game because when you first look at it, it, it has this look that you're like, oh my God, there's there's just symbols and things everywhere. And what's this mm-hmm. deck building? But once I, and this is something I, you know, not to not to quote myself a lot, but uh, you know, the thing I say on the Geek All-Stars all the time is once you speak the language of certain games, it just totally, everything just makes sense. So I've actually played this solo and I've also played this with my family. Uh, and my family, I like to say they're kind of lighter to medium weight gamers. So I've got my wife and I've got a 13-year-old son and a 17-year-old daughter. And they kind of like games and we've played like Jaws of the Lion and some other games, but they're they're still kind of medium weight. And if it's if something's too heavy, they won't like it. But they absolutely loved it. It only took about a half a round before and things started just clicking. So the the deck building aspect, and I'm a huge deck building fan. I'm an absolutely, uh, you know, a big deck builder. I love Ascension. I've always loved Dominion. I love deck building when it's used as uh, another mechanism for a larger board game. And this is just perfect how they use it here, uh, where it's not overdone and yet not underdone in the same instance. Uh, and, you know, and as being you're an archaeologist on an island and you're trying to, you know, uncover different ruins or, or do different dig sites and then also go up on a research track, all the while you're kind of getting new cards. And now archaeology cards will go directly into your hands when you're, uh, or, or I'm sorry, the uh, artifact, they call them archaeology. Artifacts, right. The artifact cards will go right into your hands where you can use them. And the item cards will go in the bottom of the cards, bottom of your deck that you haven't used yet and haven't put into your hands. So everything is uh, able to be used very quickly. So in other deck building games, usually when you acquire a card, they'll go in your discard pile. Sometimes it takes forever before it oh, cycles yeah. into your hand. But this game goes out, out of its way to make sure that you're getting the fruits of your labor and getting them pretty quickly. Uh, I, I can't that, stress how much I love this game. That works unless you do like me and constantly draw fear cards, and then you've got a 30-card <laughs> deck, and you never get any of your cards back out. I played with Alice Goldsmith, and you know I, he's thinning his deck like crazy. I've got 700 cards in my deck. Nothing's coming out. He just totally destroyed me. But you hit something. You hit the nail on the head about something, though. This, uh, this board, it was pretty intimidating, even for a person who loves worker placement games, loves big, beautiful games. There was a lot to look at, Dan. But somehow, within a turn or two, everything made sense. How did they pull that off, Dan? So th- there is a certain, um, and you got to really uh, commend the type of, you know, we all have gaming groups and, and there are certain types of people in the world where uh, they're just born to teach games. So it's, it's all about how you teach this game, I think, that makes the ease on the newer player you know, how, how you ease them into the game. You know, there's, and you, the good thing about this game is, um, and also you got to remember, uh, the uh, graphic designer uh, did a really good job with this game. Um, so, I mean, you look at it, you, you can kind of break everything down almost into kind of quadrants on the board. So if you start here, teach this part, start here, teach that part, you know, when you start off, first you start off with the deck building, explain some of the icons. Sure. Then you start talking about the digging, about the actions you can do. And then you start talking about the cards you can acquire and where they go. And you save that whole research track for last because by the time you get to the research track, people know what some of those icons are and then what you're really talking about. So, and then once you kind of get through some of that, that's the brilliance of this game is how everything just all of a sudden fits into place and you have that aha moment. Usually after like one or two actions in your first turn, you're like, ah, everything just makes sense. Yep. It all made made a lot of sense to us as we were playing it. I got crushed, but I absolutely, I, I could see what all the hype is. If you like worker placement, 
and you like deck building. Mm-hmm. It's a great smash up. There's another one that people are talking about. Um, uh, Have you played this one solo at all? I don't know. I'm no, sorry. I to interrupt you. The one time me and Alex were uh, played it at uh, whatever that online con was uh, a week or two ago. Um, and, and, and someone from CGE taught it to us. But uh, that's one time. I haven't played it solo. It's, it's a good solo game. Oh, absolutely. So it uses kind of an automa, which a lot of games are using now, where it's basically all an automa is, uh, is basically just a deck of, uh, you know, almost like chits or cards that as you flip them, it tells you what action to do. Okay. Uh, and they do come with, it comes with a bunch of extra tiles where it's kind of like an easy version and a hard version. And you can kind of ramp it up using different combos of the cards where you don't necessarily have to start all easy. You can kind of ramp yourself up into difficulty a little bit. But as you're playing, it's the typical automa with things where, they don't have to use, you know, they have unlimited workers. They don't have to use resources. But as you're going through the Automa deck, they're kind of accumulating cards and victory points there. And then you get your turn. So it's more of a kind of a blocking thing and accumulating points. So you're trying to get your points and also trying to get to the spots before they do. But uh, I, I really do like it quite a bit. It kind of reminds me, it does remind me a little bit of uh, Paladins of the West Kingdom with the Automa deck, how kind of as you're flipping things over and, and the, you know, the AI is getting in the way. You know, Steve, what do you think about what you see here? Um, yeah. I'm, I'm going to tell you that the way I we played the game, we played it as Jumanji, the board game, because you're, <laughs> you're, you're grabbing rhinos and you jump on them and you run as far as you can and try to steal stuff and beat monsters. I was thinking I was thinking this was going to be a hotness that I was going to just turn away from because I can't remember whose video I saw of a review. And it was not taught the way you were describing, Dan. It seemed like a hodgepodge. And I'm thinking there's no way this comes together. Hearing you say that the experience brings it together with gameplay makes me reconsider because I had tuned out of the hotness on that one thinking this, it just seems like it's all over the place. I think that Dan's right. I think it's uh, if you get a good teach of it, I think this mm-hmm. game is pretty intuitive, Dan. Yeah, and there, that's like I said, I don't know if everybody usually has that guy or that girl in their, in their group that is the teacher, you know, kind mm-hmm. of, you know, grab, and just some people are just born for that. And, and, uh, and I tend to be that a lot of times in our group and especially in my family, I tend to be that. So, um, I, I feel bad when you, you, know, you ever have those experience where you're pretty hyped for a game or maybe you don't even know about the game, but you read the rules and you bring it to somebody and the game just falls flat. I mean, right. there's been some games, mm-hmm. yeah. um, you know, I, I've taught the Fleeples, I've taught Matt and Ben a couple of games and, and they just hated it within the first round. And you just, you take that to heart because you feel like it's you that did it where, I mean, sometimes just some games don't match with some people, but uh, there's just an art form to how you teach. And as I'm reading a rule book, I kind of try to think, or you kind of watch videos out there to see how other people are teaching it, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to see, to, to try and bring the maximum, uh, you know, maximum fun to your group. Yeah. It's funny. That was coming up in chat when Beth was bringing up the idea of how do you teach the games? And I can say she's got it just right. Um, she taught us Zolkin online by audio only. An achievement oh my word. In and That's of a itself. great job. An achievement in and of itself, but it was knowledge an attitude that made the teach work. Beth says she's usually the group teacher because she usually buys the games and brings the games. Yep. That's the default mm-hmm. if you've got the games. But that doesn't always make for a good teach sometimes, you know? Yeah, and sometimes um, sometimes some people just either just love it or just end up with it by default. Like, I think, uh, you know, a lot of times when we're at Gen Con, uh, you know, Dan Halstead always ends up to be, we, you know, no matter who owns the game or who brought the game or bought it, we just kind of sit there. Halstead ends up opening up the, the, the box and just sits there and, and reads the rules. And we, and we just, uh, we just go with it as we're, as we're playing, we ends up being it. So it's, uh, you know, some people just, just love to, to dig into that. Was there anything that fell flat for you at all with lost, with the lost rooms of Arnak? I kind of wanted, 
I don't know, maybe I wanted it longer, but it's it's a perfect length for what it is. Like I said, it's it's kind of a lighter to medium weight game. So maybe I just want more of it. But then a lot of times as you're getting to that uh that fifth round, you know, your your turns are lasting longer and longer. So any longer than it's and it's not gonna be good. So I don't know if there's anything I don't necessarily this is a mm-hmm. um I, I I'm like I'm like you, Steve, where when when the uh when the hotness comes out. I'm, I'm always reluctant, like, cause all oh, everybody loves mm-hmm. it. I'm going to, you know, want to, I don't know if I'm going to love it, but, and a lot of people are talking about it being a game of the year contender, but I think this might be, this is a top five game of the year for me, for sure. Wow. I think, uh, okay. I think this might, this might crack my, uh, top couple of spots. I'm, uh, I, I really dig it. Yep. I really enjoyed it. That's lost ruins of Ornak from CGE. There's another game. There's one last game before we get to our big game uh, that I wanted to talk about because you mentioned solo gaming. BJ, mm-hmm. I've got my guest here, Dan Patrice of the Geek All-Stars. Steve and I are talking about different games. And look, this year is the year of the solo game. Uh, people have to play solo games because of what's going on with COVID-19 or small two-player games. Steve and I talk about two-player games all the time. Mm-hmm. One of the games that has really intrigued me, oh, it's another CG game. That that was done on purpose. They are not yeah, CG will love you for this. <laughs> yeah. Hey, tell Paul. I'm going to have to show this to Paul. But uh, Under Falling Skies from CG, I knew nothing about it except for the title. And then I heard somebody say one of the best solo game experiences they played. But I want to know what Dan Patrice has to say about it. I uh, I agree. It is one of the best solo experiences that I've had, and and this is a game that is made for solo play. So this was, I believe that the designer won either a solo challenge or a game design challenge at some point, and then I think CGE picked it up. It was like uh, eighteen cards, right? Just a, a really small game at first. Is that right? well? It's 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 just basically it's just basically dice and 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 things are. The, I'm trying to think of the best way. It's just basically dice, and you're not really using. I don't, I don't even think there's is any cards in there. I'd have to pull it back up, but um, you're, you're just it's basically just using dice and, right and the system. Yeah. So basically, mm-hmm. as you're you're kind Don't of rolling your dice, that that's a perfect perfect way to put that up there. So as as you you roll your dice, you have five dice. Now don't worry about the blue die that kind of comes into the more advanced play. That's a robot. But basically, you have uh, three gray and uh, three gray and two white dice. And this, so what you're doing is you're trying to get yourself up the research track, which is the left green left top green track there. Trying to get up the research track before you take more too much damage or before the uh, mothership gets down to there's a, a kind of a death spot on the right top right side there that as every round the, the mothership comes down. So this is, you're basically playing space invaders, the game. Okay. Is what you're doing. Yeah. So as yeah. you roll dice, the game that uh, we the, used to play, uh, Alex taught it to me a dice tower con. The, 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 the ships are coming down and you have to flick. If they're flip ships, flip ships, flip ships. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So similar to flip ships, but not dexterity based. It's dice based. Right. So as you put a dice down, so if you notice, there's five columns on your little board on the bottom. So you're going to have five columns there. When you place a die, depending on what number you place it on, uh, your the the ships will come down that many spaces. Oh. So sometimes, but the good thing is when you play a white die, no matter what number that was on a white die, you roll all the other dice. So you're kind of using that as kind of your re-roll 
for the round, mm -hmm. but you're placing your dice out there. You have to get energy, which is in the bottom left there. Some spots will give you energy. Some spots will let you shoot down them, uh, the alien ships. So you have to put a certain number, you know, higher number there, and you're trying to kind of maneuver the ships. So since you know how far the ships are going to come down, you know what spots they're going to end up at. Some spots are, are able to be shot down. Some spots are going to uh, spawn more ships. Uh, some spots are going to move them to the left or to the right in the different columns. So you can kind of set things up. And again, you're also trying to set things up for later rounds because you have to get energy. And you also have to get higher numbers on the research track because the research track doesn't just go from like one to 11. It has variable numbers from one, two, three, four, five, or six. Uh, and you have different spots. Then sometimes you have double spots where you can get higher numbers and you can go up the amount of research a little bit higher because the last spot on the research track, I believe, is an 11. So you have to use one of those double spots because mm -hmm. the dice have to add up to how many spots, you know, how much uh, strength of spots you're moving up. What a juicy decision. If you, you you can't just go all out throwing sixes all over the place because then all of a sudden the, the invaders oh, are yeah. your speed, right? Yep, and you really have to watch it. So sometimes you may throw a six out there on purpose to get a ship to a uh, a spot that you can blow them out of the sky where that has a number where it puts them at risk, and then you've got to get another uh, another die on an area where it's going to have you know the cannons, and you have to have a certain die number. And then you're also kind of what they're called excavating. If you see in the picture, there's a kind of a little orange kind of uh, bulldozer there. Mm -hmm. Now, right. when you put it, you can only put like one of your dice past it. It has to be a certain amount of spaces depending on the die. And then once you excavate things, you can then use those spots. So it starts. You're, you can only use limited amount of spots early, but then you have to pay a little bit of energy as you use the dice and the excavator to unlock better spots on your little board. So it's constantly, it's not just a, a set thing which may be solvable. You actually have to make hard decisions there. Uh, and there's also spots up top, which are just kind of, I wouldn't say wasted spots, but they give you a negative one on the die. So if you just have where you really can't do anything, because you only put one die in each one of these columns, from top to bottom. So that's another major decision you have to make. A game like uh, this to me is going to have to play quickly because you're going to want to play this a couple of times. Oh, if yes. You, if it takes too long, then if you mess up, you spend all that time and now you've lost. Does it's, it it's legit 20 to 30 minutes at most. And they do have a, uh, there's actually kind of like a little campaign in there that you can play mm -hmm. as well. You can just play a regular old game and they have different cities that you can play with just kind of your base game. But there is a campaign where it's got like four, I believe it's four scenarios or four chapters to it. And each chapter has uh, two different games that you'll play. So you'll play the campaign over eight scenarios. But each one of these little uh, campaign, the scenarios, there are kind of, I want to say they're spoiler things. So I'm not going to talk about anything, but there are things you kind of shuffle things up and you're making a couple of uh, stacks and then you're choosing a stack kind of either a random or or decide by uh by the city and then you put the other ones out so each time you play it it's going to be a little bit different and then kind of a story kind of erupts from from there but if you you know 20 30 minutes i played this the other night i played it three times and, and just blink of an eye because sometimes it just plays really quickly and even making decisions i mean i think mm -hmm. i played three times in an hour and absolutely I, I was really floored because I don't like to call myself a solo gamer, but more and more, especially at the time of COVID, and you know, you're not able to get your game groups together, and sometimes your family's busy. Uh, I just find myself playing playing solo games or games that can be played solo. What do you think, Steve? This looks yeah. interesting. I'm telling you, you got me interesting. I, when when um, Topher, I think, said Space Invaders, that was the first thing that popped into my mind. And this, do you think this system would lend itself to recreating some other old '80s? video games could you do like a missile command with this a galaga Ooh. with this oh probably yeah absolutely well i mean galaga is basically just 
Space Invaders. I mean, you'd probably have to make but it a little quicker. Or, yeah, that's right. <laughs> but with up and down motion. But yeah, using this system, this is a very intuitive system. I think you you could possibly even get, um, well, in Centipede, which would be kind of more of a left mm-hmm. to right. You can sure. do something like that as well. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And this is a, it's a solid system. Bringing in my old buddy, Alex Goldsmith, the Dukes of Dice. What's up, Alex? Howdy, howdy. Didn't mean hey, to interrupt. Alex, you like a good game. Well, the reason I brought you in early is because you taught me flip ships at Dice Tower Con 2017. We played that game a lot that weekend. This seems like a similar system without the dexterity. What do you think? Without the dexterity. I mean, I was so I, I was busy grabbing this beer. Okay. What you drinking? What are you drinking tonight? I'm drinking a copy of Heartthrob, which may or may not be a spoiler. <laughs> oh, nice. So I missed about half of the explanation. Uh, from visual appearance, it looked a lot like flip ships. Uh, I have a feeling I, I – I don't know the system at all. I have no idea. I'm not going to talk out my butt. I don't it's know. It's flip ships without four players and with no dexterity. <laughs> cool. Then basically it's another spaceship themed game. Excellent. <laughs> so you don't don't flip ships at all. Oh, interesting. All right. So that was, uh, that is um, under falling skies from CGE. It gets a big thumbs up from Dan. Oh, absolutely. Big, big thumbs up. You yeah. know what, you know what also gets big thumbs up. I'm going to, I'm going to hijack this for a second, BJ. Is is the uh, the Blues chances next year? I think they get a big thumbs up too. I think oh. so too. I look, Krug is not Petrangelo, but our power play should improve a little bit. And hey, don't <laughs> oh, I'm turning this into the Geek All Star. Sorry, sorry, sorry. A three and a half hour show. If you get and, Alex and you, you were talking about coming from Lacrosse, Long Island. How can you be talking Blues instead of the Isles? Oh, I love the Isles. Don't get me wrong. I just knew that. Uh, I just knew Alex was a huge Blues fan, and I. I actually have a uh, an old school Brett Hull jersey from the Blues uh, from that, that year that was they wore the seventy fifth anniversary patches. I think it was back in like ninety three or ninety four. That it's yeah. uh, one of my prized possessions is the Brett Hull. I, Brett Hull is my favorite. One of my favorite players of all time. So I. We're, we're losing the chat crew already. Look at this. <laughs> hey, they, 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 look, Don's into it. That's all we need. We just need Don. That's okay, it. So I'm Alex, sorry, BJ. Dan's got the dress. Look at look at look at how he's dressed, man. Perfect. I fully expected some of you. I've got a game at least with me, Christmas lights. So I've got sort of a Christmas theme going here. Nice. Some stockings. Stockings. Oh, stockings. And Steve's got a big blank yellow mustard color color. I've got Christmas cheer. Oh, <laughs> there true. you go. Christmas cheer. Like that. So Steve, why have I gathered Dan and Alex here tonight? <laughs> It's a good question, BJ, because I don't know what you've made. And I, I'm finding, I'm imagining that we're going to be asking ourselves the exact same thing in 10 minutes. Why did we all come here? For this? So you know the rules <laughs> of the game. What are we playing tonight, Steve? So you want to do heartthrob, right? We are doing heartthrob, not so, Alex's version. We're doing. No, no, no. I think oh. what we got set is that we're going to do BJ's oh. version of heartthrob. Yeah, so let me three I'm rounds, gonna go, right? I'm going to go down to audio and let Steve give a quick overview right. of the game. Now, it remains to be seen if BJ's thrown a curveball. Well, no, it does not remain to be seen. He's thrown a curveball. We just don't know where it's coming from. Um, <laughs> he's going to have three rounds of some sort where there will be a game that we have to, you know, first of all, we'll start with a game, and he'll give us a choice of four different games, I think. Three. And we'll have to imagine, well, I'll have to say what I would play of those games. You guys will have to do the same, and then we'll have to try and guess what the others would play to. All right. <laughs> And then in round two, he's going to keep the same games and throw an extra wrinkle in there. It might be, well, what are you going to drink with that game? And then we have to do the whole thing all over again. You might change your thoughts as to, well, if, oh, yeah, that was a great game. But paired with that whiskey, yeah, I think I'm jumping ship. We'll do the same thing for three rounds. And um, 
essentially guessing everybody's choices, including with one last round, and each one of them will have to try and guess what the chat's going to pick, too. So if we can, we will be seeing public chat, we might need to go to host chat so we don't see their choices while they're making their picks, too. Steve, we're losing the chat crew. They're talking about the Preds. They're talking about the Stars. What is going on over here, man? <laughs> yeah. but had a nice run. That was, that was a heck of a goaltending performance. Uh, yeah, without Ben Bishop, you didn't think they would have had a chance, but uh, it was no. a heck of a run in the bubble. And that's, hey, no asterisk there. That was, that was tough hockey. Now, All Dan, right. since this has now become the hockey, the hockey show, uh, what do you think of the reverse retros? I actually right. just, we just sum them up. The well, end. they have the Whalers. I love the Whalers one yeah. with the uh, with the Canes. Uh, the only uh, thing I was upset about is uh, the the Islanders. I didn't notice any difference, you know, being uh, from any of their jerseys from from years and years. But I think almost all of them are are, are look look great. I mean, they're going to sell like hotcakes. Just just no no Gordon's version. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I agree. Move, move past that. We we don't speak. No, of those not right. We're going to get back to our little uh, game here tonight. Uh, Steve, there is a wrinkle that they do have to also figure out where the chat crew is going to be uh, playing. Right? Yep. Okay. In each round, we're going to end with trying to guess what the chat has to figure out too. But we're not going to be watching that. If, you're guys, if you guys can see up in the top right corner, turn off public chat and okay. go to host chat so we won't see what they're saying. And we'll have to, in each of those three rounds, guess everybody else's. Whichever you get right, you get a point for. Sum them up at the end. So as Steve said, this is going to be the heart heartthrob. Uh, it's the board game uh, version of it. And what we're going to be doing is picking those, a game and then a little something with a twist and a little something with a twist. You know, mm-hmm. and one of those twists, obviously, Steve knows that I always like to put in a group. For instance, Dan, it would have been easy for you if it was just me and you playing because I know immediately this is the group that you'd probably <laughs> want to play. Yes, I would love right? to play games with that group. <laughs> so would I. No the crew from NCIS New Orleans. Yep. Um, and that would have been your perfect crew. That is not going to be one of the crews tonight, but that would have been the crew if Alex wasn't on the show because I don't think Alex has ever seen NCIS New Orleans. No, have not. Sorry. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> All right, so well, let's get started with the game. In honor of Dan Patrice uh, coming with, uh, with his Christmas outfits on, let's play the Christmas version of Heartthrob, the board game. All right. Oh, uh, no. So I'm going to give you three choices here. We're going to start out with a game. And the three choices of the game, of course, are Elf. Right, a little mm-hmm. small game called Elf, based on the um, the movie with oh my god, I forgot his name. Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell. Right. Yeah. So Elf is one choice. Your second choice is, of course, a Dan Patrice Geek All Stars favorite, Santa's Workshop. Oh, yeah. Yeah. See, I listen to the show, Dan. I listen to it a lot. <laughs> Santa's you Workshop. Own Santa's Workshop. I do not. I do not. I need to. I need to get it. And the last one, of course, you can't play Christmas Heartthrob without Die Hard, the board game. (laughs) (laughs) Got to have three Christmas movies. We've got Elf, Santa's Workshop, (laughs) and Die Hard, the board game. All right. So what is our job? You got to figure out which game you want to play out of those three and which game Steve, Alex, me, and the chat crew all want to play. That makes sense? Mm. All right. Don't look at what the chat crew is saying. Yep. Don't look at what the chat crew is saying. And you figured out. Uh, I think I know Dan's already. So I'm going to mark <laughs> that one down. Uh, let's see. Chat crew. Chat crew might be the toughest one there. Yeah. You got some ideas for that, Alex? I, I, I have a guess, but it's based on my own bias. So it's almost like the one I want to play most. 
I'm sort of projecting onto the chat crew without even seeing them. So I like it. I, yeah. I think it's a good idea. <laughs> All right. Let me know if when you showed ready. up to see you, Alex, they would show up to play the game you want to play. I don't know. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, Nick says, I think I've seen one hockey game in my entire 41 years. I don't know what to say about that, Nick. I can tell you, I've seen plenty of ice skaters games. Mm. That's the Louisiana ice skaters. All right. <laughs> That's a pretty good name though. Though uh, the first team I ever, I ever loved was the Orlando solar bears, which featured the coolest logo <laughs> ever. It was a polar bear with sunglasses on. Oh, that's solar awesome. Bear. Okay. Yeah. I like that. You can always count on minor league hockey. to just have amazing names. Yeah. The Huntsville havoc. Love that. That's some good wow. ones. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know if anybody in, in Georgia remembers the making Wookie whoopie. Actually, making Wookie would be good too, but making Whoopi was was a great name for a minor league hockey team. That's that's solid. Best Whalers player ever, Bob Marley. Is that right? I, I believe. I guess there was a guy named Bob Marley. I mean, I of course you have to go with Gordy Howe. Gordy Howe is the best Whalers player probably ever. Yeah, you would think, right? But yeah, I mean, there probably was a guy named Bob Marley. I believe it. I have to look that up. Did, All right. Did, so, let's did Gordy Howe finally play in his fifties with the Whalers? Was that yep. like? Yeah. yeah, he actually faced off across from uh, Wayne Gretzky when he was in his 50s. Jeez. Unreal. <laughs> All right, so what do we got? Let's start out with uh, Dan. Dan, what you got? Who are you, who are you voting on what? Well, so you want, to to give keep... me, want me to give you all, all four? You'll have to keep track of your own score. Steve, so he's going to give – yeah, he's going to give all but he his. He can say right? all but his own, right? Oh, okay. So I think Steve and BJ are both going to play Elf. And okay. I think the – I think the chat is going to play Die Hard. And I think Alex is also going to play Die Hard. Mm, okay. Interesting. So how do we do that? Do we we'd say right away whenever he says it? I think I, oh, I think we should probably we'll score it in the in the middle. Well, and we'll do our you know on, on our honor. <laughs> yeah, we'll do it on your honor. That's fine. I've written mine down. So I have, yeah. I have two. I have two. I'm on it. <clears throat> all right. You want to do them all and then score up? Yeah, let's do that. Okay. All right, Steve, what you got? I have BJ, you and Dan playing Santa's Workshop, Alex playing Die Hard, and the chat playing Elf. Interesting. Interesting. All right, Alex, what you got? Uh, so I had Dan playing Santa's Workshop, Steve <laughs> playing Santa's Workshop, BJ playing Santa's Workshop, the chat playing Die Hard. Hmm. Mm, interesting. I went with um, the chat crew playing Elf, which was probably a mistake. Um, I did have Dan playing Santa's Workshop. Apparently, we all think you played Santa's Workshop. I had Steve playing Santa's Workshop. And Alex, just for the twist, I figured you might want to play Die Hard the board game, just for that twist. All right. All right. So let's do some reveals. Dan, what did you what what did you decide? Well, of course I picked Santa's Workshop. I, I wouldn't be, I couldn't, I couldn't cheat and not pick Santa's Workshop. I do love uh, that game by uh, by Keith Ferguson. It's a it's an excellent game by Rio Grande Games. Everybody should look for it. Great stocking. Well, not stock stuffer. It's it's kind of in a uh, ticket to ride box. So it's not a stock stuffer, but it is yeah. an excellent gift. Okay. I hope the nice. check is in the mail, Keith. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like the chat crew has one for Elf, one for Die Hard, two for Die Hard, one for Santa, two for Elf, three for Die Hard, three for Elf, two for Santa's workshop. Hmm, looks like a tie between Elf and and uh, Die Hard. Oh, okay. Interesting. We're going to okay. do half points, or do you want to do a whole point for each? Uh, half point. Half point. Okay. Yeah. Oh, no, Nick Hayes with the late vote for Elf. So, there we go. Oh, That's the stuff, Nick. <laughs> I'll take it. That is the stuff. I will take stop, it. Stop the count. 
Stop the count. We're, we're dead right there. All right. So Steve, what'd you do? I, you know, knowing none of these, I went with the only one that we watch every year, which is elf. No, nice. he, went with elf. Oh, he got me on that one. I did. Alex, was I right? Are you a diehard fan? Uh, so I, that is one of the rare movies I have seen. I went with that. I figured it was, it was new enough that Alex knows that movie. I do know that movie. And that was my pick diehard. All right. Okay. Yes. And I picked Elf because I absolutely uh, – it's one of the few Will Ferrell movies that I like. That one and uh, the one where he's the, the sportscaster. So. Oh, Anchorman. Okay. Anchorman. I do cool. like that one. Stay classy, right. San Diego. Yep. Stay classy, San Diego. All right. Diego. So uh, scotch, first scotch. Oh, Steve, what, what did you pick? I picked Elf. Oh, I missed that one. Okay. I missed that one. So I got three points. Anybody else? I got three. I think I got one. three too. I, I got the chat wrong. But one uno. All right. Here we go. Alex is a closer, though. Moving into round two. So, Dan, the way this works, you've got your game, and the Mm -hmm. games are going to stay the same. But we need a snack to eat with those games, some good Christmas snacks. There's not going to be any Cheetos because there's no Cheetos allowed at my game table. What's that first Christmas snack? Of course, it's Long Island-style pizza, but with Christmas decorations. Christmas pizza, a little pepperoni, candy cane. I'm not sure what is on that tree. Spinach? That's that's probably a spinach. Yeah, it looks like spinach. Yeah. And and red hots? Or tomatoes? Yeah, probably tomatoes. Well, probably. Well, actually, are those uh, peppers? Or pieces of pepper? No, I I think those are tomatoes. All right. Remember, they look look like red chiclets. <laughs> because chat crew, we need you to decide. I, I so think they're the azul pieces. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe so. So are you are elf? is it you or or am I gonna have to be offended on on behalf of Long Island here, Dick? Oh, oh no, that 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 certainly isn't uh that, that pizza's way too too thin to be uh not, yeah, not enough crust on that to be uh to be a good Long Island. In honor of Long Island, I picked pizza. But the second one is Santa's workshop with some sugar cookies and bourbon, right? Because Santa needs some sugar cookies and bourbon. Got to leave that bullet. I think that's Wood. I think it's Woodbridge, maybe. No, Woodford's more squared Woodford. off. Okay. Uh, so Santa's Ooh, workshop with cookies and bourbon, and the third one, of course, Die Hard with some Long Island Christmas <laughs> bagels. Oh, Christmas bagels from Long Island. I do miss uh, a good bagel. This one Man. I think is from Long Island. I'm not positive, but I'm. Does it have good. to be that bagel from Long Island? <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be the yeah. Christmas bagel. It has to be the. It has to be the Christmas bagel. Oh, it has to be the yeah. Christmas bagel. Yeah, it's that Ooh. one. Yeah. I think I think bets are off on that one. Hmm. All right, so you got Elf with Christmas pizza, Santa's workshop with the cookies and the bourbon, or Die Hard with Long Island Christmas bagels. Got to be Christmas bagels. Hmm. What are we going with this one? It sounded like Dan didn't like that pizza very much. Uh, didn't appreciate the pizza. Hmm. And uh, by the way, Dan, you could switch your answers. Even though you went with Santa's workshop, mm-hmm. first time, it's the combination. It that for. Okay. It's the combination that we're looking for. Uh, let's see what we've got here. Steve, I'm trying to figure you out there, Steve. 
I, I, think, I'm I think I'm pretty. I think I'm pretty easy on this one. I am locked in. I'm locked in. Let's see what we got here. Everybody's locked in. How are we looking? Yep, I'm all locked in. Let me all just right. let me just get something real quick and see if I have this. Oh yeah, of course I had it at the bottom. Um, I messed up the picture order. Okay, <clears throat> all right, here we go. Let's get back to the uh, to the to the guessing. Uh, we started with Dan last time. So Steve, what you got? All right, I'm gonna guess for who's t- who's doing what here. Yeah, I have Dan and Alex both for Santa and the the bo- the bourbon. Mm-hmm. Um, I have the chat for Elf and Pizza, and I think BJ is gonna join them with Elf and Pizza. Interesting. I, I was tempted to think that the the um, there was something about that bagel that if it spins, it would be kind of hypnotizing, kind of like the flashback <laughs> scene. I thought it might have mesmerized him, but I, I decided to stick with the pizza on that one. Alex? So I went with uh, Dan sticking with Santa's workshop. I don't think there was anything that would deter him. The, the bourbon only helps, if anything. Uh, Steve, I think you switched to Santa's workshop because of the bourbon. Uh, BJ, you're still with Elf, uh, despite, despite that very gross-looking pizza. Uh, chat crew, I think moved over to Santa's workshop just based on the quality, the quality of the treat alone, I think is what does it there. Mm-hmm. Good. That's a strong argument, Dan. I'm not so sure yeah. it's correct, but Dan, what you got? So although the pizza does not look that appetizing, I actually switched on over to the pizza mm. because unfortunately, not that I, mm. not that I uh, judge anybody. I'm just not a bourbon guy. Mm-hmm. Like the idea of drinking bourbon it's just not up my alley. So I would rather have so-so pizza than drink bourbon as much as I know people love it. So I apologize to anybody that likes bourbon. I also went with the chat with the pizza mm-hmm. and I believe it's elf in the pizza. And then I have everybody else with the bourbon, <laughs> Alex, Steve, and BJ all with the bourbon. Cause nobody messed- should be eating that bagel. I got news for you. <laughs> I messed that up. I thought for sure Dan was going with the bagel. <laughs> <That was so funny>. <laughs> It's look, it's so festive and it matches his shirt. But uh, I, I had Alex with the Christmas pizza. Uh, I don't, I'm regretting that very, very much. <laughs> and then I had Chat Crew, Steve, and myself all with the uh, bourbon because I think the, the combination of bourbon with a good game like Santa's Workshop, I think, is going to entice the Chat Crew. Let's switch over to see what they got. Uh, oh God! They did not like the bagel at all. <laughs> oh, wow. Steve, you want to count them? There is not enough bourbon to justify that bagel. Yes, I agree. That is unacceptable. Okay, can somebody count the uh, the votes? Because they did not like this bagel at all. Let me peek. Oh, wow. Uh, let's see. Red bell peppers. What we got here? Um, all right. So starting up there, right after Jordan's comment. Oh, I got to go back and look at it on the. Yeah. Uh, let's see. All right, so here we go. We got, um, we got. Oh, some, Luke thinks it's bullet uh, bullet bourbon. That might. That's be what it. I thought too. All right, so so Verla. <laughs> did we? Did we? Re- did everybody reveal? What's? I don't know that we all revealed yet. I don't, I don't know said who I guessed. Uh, I went with the uh, the bourbon. Uh, okay. Dan, you went with the pizza. Steve, yep. where'd you go? I went with the 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 Santa's workshop and the bourbon, yeah. and I can give somebody else the cookies. I figured that out, Alex. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I'm going to get a lot of crap for this, but I said, but I went with the bagel. So oh. I'm going to take a plunge into that. Bagel. <laughs> I'm more of a savory snacker. And I was actually more grossed out by that weird looking pizza than I was by the That's weird. Fair. And, oh. I, and I'm an adventurous eater. Look, I, I've, I've tried any number of crazy things. I've tried silkworms. I've tried scorpions. I've tried 
a whale. I've tried all sorts of crazy, Man. bizarre things. That bagel is nothing. All right, I got two votes for three votes for pizza, one for the the four votes for pizza, two for the bourbon, one for the bagel. I'm going to give it to the pizza, I think, man. So five votes for the pizza. Wow, man. I don't think I think Beth was too gross to vote. No, she she said she Beth said that she had to go. I guess. With the elf and the Christmas pizza. Yeah. She did not like the choices. Nice. We did have a couple of votes for the bagel, though, so don't feel so bad. Look, Man. Nick said Team Duke Alex. Thank you. Man. Nick Hayes. Nick Hayes, one of the Dutchy. Dutchy representatives. Uh, I, thought, I thought, Alex, that pizza, you know, I, I was totally wrong on that. I had you with the Santa and bourbon. I would have gone with pizza next. Seeing as how that was maybe like a crackery crust, maybe that's a St. Louis Pro Bell thing there. Oh, <laughs> hang on, hang on, hang on. Just because I'm here now doesn't mean I approve remotely of, of St. Louis style pizza. Let's be clear. And just because that bagel exists on Long Island doesn't mean that anyone on Long Island is oh, actually buying Lord, no. one. <laughs> that's fair. I, I don't even know what they could possibly have put together to make that, no. that bagel. Oh, Topher says, surprise, Alex, it's Play Doh. Oh. oh, okay. <laughs> then I regret my decisions and moving on the bourbon next. That pizza, right. that pizza to me looks way grosser than anything else on there. Well, you know, the only way that pizza could not be too bad is if it's kind of like a, a flatbread, kind of a, a wood. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm picturing it as a wood oven pizza, you know, like one of the or brick mm-hmm. oven pizza is what I'm picturing that as. I think you're giving it too much credit. <laughs> you're, you're, a, you're a charitable man, Dan. That's, yeah, that's, I think you're right. I'm looking for the, for the pizza half full. <laughs> <laughs> The pizza half full. I like it. All right. So here we go. Next one up. Yeah, Mick, Mick, I think Mick has it right. It's a scary bagel. But we're gonna move bagel. on, Mick. How we how we do the points here? I don't pizza half full, but the, the, the crust half stuffed. <laughs> yeah, that's true too. I don't know if I got anybody right. Let's see. Well, no, Steve, you went with bourbon. I got the bourbon, yeah. The chat crew went with pizza, right? No, or bourbon. No bourbon, right? What did we say? I think they went with open pizza, you said, right? Yeah, I hope so because that's the only yeah, point. Yeah, so chat went with pizza. Two, of you guys went with bourbon, and Alex went with the, the bagel. Actually, mm-hmm. yeah. Wow, I, I got only one point that one. Yeah, I got me too. Steve with the workshop. That's yeah, it. I got I got three. I got three on that one. Wow. Mm-hmm. All right. I got another one. I'm not going to win this game. Alex as bad as I did the last time we were on, I finished way in last the last time. Whew. Alex, you got to run the table with this. Alex only has yeah. two points. Dan's got five now. Four. I've Wait, got four. six. He's got six. 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 Steve's got. I'm at four. And I have only four points. Ooh. Yep. Dan's killing us. This is, he's, he's, he's uh, channeling Andrew Buckles right here. With, uh, <laughs> That's right. Big runaway win here. All right. So switch back to host chat and let's go with the mm-hmm. third and final category. Now, Dan, we've got the game sticking with the same ones. We've got, we've got the snacks, some of them better than others. And Here then we've got the group to play with. And Here no, it it's not NCIS. No oh, I want, I want the NCIS crew. <laughs> Give me pride. Oh, I did have the pictures in order. Oh, look at this. I did have them right. Okay. So you were supposed to pick A, B, or C. So make it easy. All right, here we go. First up, of course, Christmas music, Dan. Just like we talked about for 15 nice. minutes while the show was not working. You're going to play with three, three Christmas singers, Nat King Cole, Harry Connick Jr., of course, and Mariah Carey. Mm. Three beautiful choices. Three classic singers. Who wouldn't want to play a board game with those three? Second choice, of course. Can anybody identify these, Alex? <laughs> uh, that's the kid who wants to be a dentist. What's his name? I don't know his name. His name is Hermie. Hermie! Yes. Is Hermie. Hermie. Hermie wants to be a dentist. Do, do, do you remember what his buddy's name, the guy that keeps looking for uh, silver and gold? Pete? No. 
I don't. It's Yukon Cornelius. Yukon Cornelius, yeah. Cornelius. Oh man, good callback. Good callback. <laughs> All right. So first, first up, of course, the singers. Second, of course, you've got Hermie and Rudolph. <laughs> I don't think this will be a dexterity game. And number three, of course, the Mandalorian. Oh. And the child. I don't want to say the name. I don't want to spoil it yet, Dan. Just in case. Okay, I won't say the name. Let's All not right. spoil it. No spoilers. The Mandalorian and the child. Those are your three choices. Ugh. You're going to be playing Elf with Christmas pizza and musicians. <laughs> Abby, wouldn't Abby have so much fun with this game? Oh, oh my like goodness. Santa's workshop <laughs> with cookies and bourbon. <laughs> Hermie and Rudolph. Hmm. Don't uh, they make the medic sense, Steve? And then Die Hard with a Die Hard bagel. And the Mandalorian and the child. Those are your choices. Ugh. What have we got here? This is All this right. is to celebrate Christmas. I got a question, BJ. Can I convert? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yes. The answer is yes. All right, A, B, or C. Pick A, B, or C. What do you got? Um, I'm thinking about the answers that Alex and Dan gave last round. Hmm. How is that going to affect it? Hmm. Oh, this is a oh, good guy. Surprisingly this is, hard. This, this is, is awful. A tough one. Wow. Tough, tough, tough one. Oh, I think Dan's going to do it. He doesn't want to, but I think he's going to do it. <laughs> I'm already locked in, so I'm not changing anything. Look me in the eye, Dan. I think you did it. I think you did it. All right. Um, what is you know? I just can't think about what the chat crew would do with this. Who would the chat crew want to play board games with? Mm. Oh man! You know, I'm going to switch my answer. I'm going to change. All right, here we go. All right, I'm locked in. Anybody else? I'm yep, locked. In. All locked in. Steve. I don't like any of them, but yeah. All right, let's I'm check out the in. public chat here. How, what do we got here? Um, oh, uh, yeah, I figured that Mondo is pretty popular <laughs> <laughs> because he loves the child so much. Like, yeah, Beth wants a lot more explanation for this game. I'm sorry. It's, it's <laughs> what you see on the screen. That's it. This is a Milton Bradley game, right, Alex? I mean, there's just not a lot of rules. It's just I think I think just to be polite, Beth, you have to have at least one bite of whatever the snack is. I, think I would say right. how about half? I, I want to see. I want to see Beth Oof. have to struggle through half that bagel. Oof. <laughs> Mick says, I thought, Do I thought not you were nice, Dan. <laughs> I, thought you, I thought you were nice. <laughs> Mick, I, I am. I am on your your team with the the Nat the, the Nat King Cole. Can't get this enough is, of uh, Nat King this Cole. This is what I'm counting on, Steve. Mm-hmm. Jordan says Mondo and the child, and he doesn't care what the game is. That's what I'm counting on. So somebody's going to have to count up those votes while we talk. Uh, let's go to Alex. It's Alex. It's your turn. Give us your guesses. Who's who? What's what? I, I think I messed this up real bad. And I've, been, and I've messed up this whole game real bad. And that's So this is an understatement here. I, I, no pressure, but this is the most important decision you make all day. Clearly. Uh, <laughs> I have Dan sticking with uh, with – well, not sticking with Santa's Workshop, but going back to Santa's Workshop. He seems to have a lot of a high nostalgia factor for that show. So I think there's a good chance 
He comes home and the bourbon doesn't doesn't put him off too much. He has a little sip and then he's okay. Uh, Steve, uh, I also have sticking with kind of the nostalgia factor of the bourbon. I think that overrides some of the other things at play here. I could be wrong. BJ is all about the I, I, the Mandalorian is tempting, but I think the singers keep BJ with with Elf. I have I have that as my guess. And then chat crew, I I guess that the popularity of the Mandalorian might be enough to sway them. Mm-hmm. I, I guessed C for them. I'm telling you, Alex might have a clean sweep here. I'm telling you, that's some good logic. Dan, is he right? Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> I, I just can't do whiskey or bourbon. I just can't do any of that stuff. I just can't do it. Also, Nat King Cole, you know, he may be on a list of, of if we're talking about Christmas people I want to have dinner with, Nat King Cole would probably be on that list. I'm one of also one of the few people who I absolutely love the Mariah Carey song. I, I mean, a lot of people no, I, hate I it. And um, I want to say James Gordon, I think he does the thing every year with the with the carpool karaoke where he gets everybody, they, they kind of mash it all together. It's absolutely great. It's very cool to find on YouTube. And I think Harry Connick Jr. would be the coolest guy to have a beer with. So yep. I stuck with Elf and, you know, the uh, A with, with Elf to pizza and, and there. I think, uh, I think Alex, I have Alex moving over to C because of the Mandalorian, but I think I was wrong on that one. Um, I think Steve and BJ are, are, are just sticking with the bourbon, no matter what. Sticking with B. And the chat is going with the Mandalorian. Solid choices. I, it's, uh, it's pretty solid. Steve, what you got? I have Alex and the chat sticking with the bagel and the Mandalorian. Um, and I have, I had Dan with, with elf pizza and the musicians. Uh, and for the record, I'm right there with them with elf pizza and the musicians. That's my, I moved back from the bourbon oh, to elf and pizza and the, and <laughs> the musicians. There oh, are musicians. Okay. I went back to the musicians. There are two, for each of the other choices, there is an absolute hard no in all of them. <laughs> Rudolph, Hermie, and and uh, I mean, Yukon Cornelius could have saved it, but it was just Rudolph and Hermie. That's no, that's just absolutely dead in the water. And that bagel is still an aberration. It does not matter if the Mandalorian is there. It does not matter if the child is there. I would rather eat the frog spawn. I, I feel like the child would I would cheat. rather eat the frog spawn than that bagel. <laughs> Steve, this is my favorite comment. I will eat the Play-Doh peppermint bagel to play with Mondo and the child. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I get Don't it. Are you killing me? Yeah, and BJ, I went back with uh, the the musicians again. I, I agree with I agree with Dan's perception on that one, and what music brought you back? Yeah, Alex, you really you hit the nail on the head. I'm not if the, if Harry Connick Jr. is at BGG Con and there's one seat open, and you're telling me that that the, the King is there and Mariah is also there, there's no way I'm passing up that thing. Mm-hmm. We're gonna be singing songs all night. So yeah, I went with Elf with the Christmas pizza and the musicians. I thought Alex would also go with that because of the musicians. I didn't mm. figure Steve for that. I had Steve with the bourbon, and I had Dan with the bagels and the, <laughs> the Mandalorian. I can't believe you would walk by that. You know, table, I, Dan. I had to. I, I just, I just couldn't do it. I, I feel like uh, the child would cheat in any game we play. He'd be moving the pieces around on the board for the diehard when we were uh, we were playing. <laughs> Even though it's a co-op game. Oh no, it's oh. a one versus many, isn't it? Diehard one versus many. It is a one versus many. That's okay. right. With the with the flip board, you play one side and then you flip the board on the other side. Oh, so what did uh, you so take, do, Alex? I don't remember if we heard yours. I, I haven't. I, so I don't know if if Mondo and the Child will be that fun to play with. If I'm on, <laughs> <laughs> and that bagel was enough to kind of keep me there. But I think just in terms of of pure gameplay enjoyment experience. 
I'm okay having a little sip of bourbon and trying out the Santa's Workshop game. I don't no. know. Oh, it's really good. Oh, no. I over to that. That's where I. That's oh, where I'm, I'm gonna go. I might go over in this round. You're skipping the up. pizza and the musicians. Yeah, I don't. I don't like that pizza that much. And of the <laughs> musicians. I don't really know Harry Connick Jr. that well. Oh my! And, and actually, an exceptional actor too, as well, Harry Connick. Cool. Jr. Really, I mean, he was one of the best things that ever happened to Cheers. <laughs> Never saw Cheers. <laughs> he was only on for like one or two episodes as uh, Woody's Woody's cousin, I think, from New Orleans, right? Something I think like so. Mm-hmm. All right. So wait a minute. Uh, so so I missed Alex. Steve, you went with the Rudolph. No, 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 no. I went with I went with Elf Pizza. Yep. He went with the I, I can choke down that pizza if I can get to hang out with those musicians. Wow, I think I got all of them wrong. Unless, unless Steve, have you totaled up the the chat? Oh, I haven't looked at the chat. Code? I haven't looked at the chat. I'm thinking. Well, that's my only savior. I might get. I might go Kono Yo in this last round. Nothing. I have to go back and look at them all. Uh, let's see. What What do you think? Do anybody know what we have what here? What are you seeing um, here? Ugh. Yep. Verla says she's with you, not having fun playing with Mondo and the child. I don't know if that would be fun. <laughs> oh, I can't scroll back up on this. Oh, I can't imagine the chat not being the, the Mando. Uh, yeah, I, I, I thought that was I thought that was a slam dunk that people would would deal with the bagel. <laughs> Topher says Alex is losing because he liked the bagel. <laughs> that was the killer. All right. So uh, you want to know something else, BJ? What's that? Mariah Carey is from Long Island. She's from Huntington, oh, right, right by yeah. where my parents live right now. I did not know that. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right, so I see, I see two for the musicians. I see another one for the musicians. Uh, Interesting. One, two for the Mandalorian. Three for the Mandalorian. Although somebody is cheating and putting the name in there. <laughs> uh, uh, four for the Mandalorian. Uh, Four for the musicians. Oh, nope. Here we go. Another one for the men. I think it's Mandalorian. I think they got it. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> yeah, it looks like the Mandalorian. So I did get, wow, I got one point in that last round. All right. How we, how do we do? Total it up. I got a total of seven, but unless Dan really unless Dan really blew it in that last round, I no, think he's blew it in the last round. I got I have seven also, so I had one in the last round because I only got the chat Ooh. right. wrong. I only got five. Alex, four. Oh, okay. Wow. I did okay. not come out last. Mm. Now, no, no, Jordan says Mondo and the Child would have a good competition if you brought in the three <laughs> Hamus. In our last episode, we found a picture of Hamu, who's the artist behind um, uh, Hoop Gods, and he had done this thing where he was in he was in the picture three times. So he said you had to play a game with all three of the Hamus at the same time. So <laughs> that, that's fun. Yeah. Yep. Oh yeah, so Harry Connick, it's Harry Connick Jr. You need to check that out. What what album would any of you guys recommend? I, I would go with When Harry Met Sally, or I was gonna any say of that the, exactly the or standard. any of the Christmas music. By the way, the the very first Christmas, Alex, e. go go get this album. Go get um, When My Heart Finds Christmas. Go get it. Play it. You're gonna play it all Christmas season. It's it's phenomenal. Dan, you have a Harry Connick reference? No. Well, actually, check out. I'm trying to remember what the name of the movie was. It was kind of like a horror thriller. Uh, I believe it was Harry Connick Jr. was uh, in a movie with uh, Sigourney Weaver, and she was kind of a shut-in. She had agoraphobia, and she was kind of uh, she was one of these uh, psychologists that could could uh, solve murders and stuff. And it was a, oh, it was called Copycat because a bunch of copycat murders. I did and see he that. Was, he yeah. was in he was in jail playing just a nut job uh, and was trying to you know kind of helping her. 
helping her solve the uh, the murders. It was actually, and he plays a real good nut job. Hmm. All right, Alex, tell everybody uh, how can they find you if, uh, and thanks for playing again for the heartthrob, you know. You're you're always our go-to guy for the heartthrob if ever you're available. <laughs> how, how do people find you? Uh, you could probably you're better off following Sean. I don't I don't post that much, but at Alex G underscore Human on Twitter at Dukes of Dice, uh, come join our board game geek guild, guild number two thousand and eight, uh, or listen to folks who uh, who actually are worth listening to. I don't know. Take your pick. I'm not going to tell you how to live your life. Yep. You got limited time on this planet. Maybe you're not even commuting anymore. Not listening to podcasts. Do your thing, mm-hmm. man. True. Yeah. No, check out the last episode. It's fantastic. You guys covered, did a great job covering the uh, thing. The interview kind of weak, but the review was fantastic. Wow. wow. <laughs> no. To quote Mick now, it, it, from uh, House of Afros, Capes and Curls, shots fired. Shots, shots no. fired. <laughs> no, absolutely. Both sides are fantastic. That was a really fantastic interview with Justin. Um, uh, his ice cream choice was a little strange, but uh, I'll, I'll Very go with strange. That. Yeah. And, and if folks, uh, I hope Hop and Johnny catches on, uh, just for Justin's sake. Yeah, this this show was Hop and Johnny. I'll tell you, we had to hurry you up. Know, the show. You yeah, you, you were you're busy for sure. All right, Alex, I'm going to send you down to the green room. Thanks for uh, thanks for playing yeah, the Alex. heartthrob, man. Bye. See you, bud. Steve, that was a that was a good uh, good session of heartthrob, man. It was. It some, was some tough choices there, Dan. Oh, that's a good game. They were tough choices. You you run a hard ship, man. <laughs> <laughs> that was some absolutely tough choices. All right, so that was our game time presented by our own board game uh, cards, the Bure cards that you can pick up. Just go over to the GameCrafter.com, look for Board Game Gumbo, and you can find the Gumbo Live uh, playing cards. Uh, it's our first ever Gumbo merchandise, Dan. Unlike you, you've got all the T-shirts, beautiful T-shirts, which, by the way, I saw were on sale on uh, Amazon right now. Yes, they are. I believe they're, uh, what are they, twelve ninety seven or fourteen ninety seven? Thirteen forty seven for nice. some beautiful Geek All-Star shirts. And you can find them uh, you know, linked on thegeekallstars.com or in our show notes if you go check out our show notes as well. All right, board gamers, that's it for another episode of Gumbo Live. Hey, Dan, how can people reach you if they have some questions about the Geek All Stars or about Gamer for Cures? Well, you can uh, you can you can actually tweet me at Geek Jock Blog, and yes, I need to change that one of these days. It's just so hard to find. I, I wanted Geek Jock, but some guy tweeted like twice fifteen years ago, so and, and they don't ever let him replace it. So oh. I'm at Geek Jock Blog because I had done a blog before I even did a blog before I even did a podcast. But uh, we're also at the Geek All Stars, which I do I do monitor that as well. Uh, we're going to record tomorrow night. The Geek All Stars. We're we're talking to Grant Lyon. Uh, he does a lot of, uh, kind of reviews and such. Now he's a comedian. Uh, we're going to have him on a show. We're also going to have David Waybright on as well with myself and Chris. And we're going to do a serial draft guys. Ooh, serial draft, serial killers. No, just, uh, no, no, just straight, uh, breakfast cereals. How deep do you have to go in the serial draft? (laughs) I don't know. We're going to be 16. Wait, you know, it's a four round draft with four guys. So it's a 16 picks. What's Reese's? What's Reese's in that one? Is it? I don't know. I don't know if there is a Reese's because you know what? Uh, a famous former guest of uh, board game gumbo once said, nobody knows nothing about nothing. Matt Riddle always says, yeah. Yep. Nobody knows I, nothing about nothing, so you just never know it's what Captain Crunch. people are going to vote. So it's it's a hard one. It's um, a Captain. Go Captain Crunch first round. I'm telling you, Dan. So I have the fourth <laughs> pick, so I may have to uh, do the Captain Crunch. I'm, you I want to give away have, in case Kirkman is lurking somewhere out there. You have the first pick. You, you guys do a snake? No, we do. I have the fourth pick. We do a snake. Okay, you do a so snake. So I do, so yes. Yeah, so I get who's four drafting, five. drafting irrelevant cereal? Uh, <laughs> uh, I believe that is... 
Oh, I have the notes right here. So it goes, uh, David will have the first and the last pick. Okay, so Mr. Serial Irrelevant. Jo- Jordan says it's Fruit Loops. Fruit Loops is the Reese's. Yeah, mm. Fruit Loops might be the Reese's. Captain I think Crunch you could be right. Oh, man. Right. Uh, Golden Grams is a sleeper. Do not sleep on Golden <laughs> Graham. It's Captain Crunch with the Crunch Berries. Got to go Crunch Berries. Oh, you, know, I, you know, I just think I think Captain Crunch just encompasses all if you're going to okay. do with, the, with, with that. But yes, oh, you, you are correct. you get the whole Crunch family? Yeah, the Captain Crunch family. That's right. Do you get well, the whole you know monster? You know what's you get the whole monster family with Count Chocula and Frankenberry and Booberry? Oh no, those you probably would have to do individually. Oh, I, we're going to need a ruling. Yeah, Trent, that's going to be a hard honeycomb. one. Don't go honeycomb, Trent. Love honeycomb. You, don't don't go honeycomb. But Frosted Flakes is not a bad idea. Oh, you know what? Frosted Flakes would probably be my number. My you know that or uh, Honey Nut Cheerios. I'm a big fan of, but I don't know if that's a vote. I don't know if that's a vote getter. But I'm a huge no. fan of every morning I have Honey Nut Cheerios. How much can we get from Dan to cut this show and not send it to Chris <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Well, he it before me, so maybe I can uh, I can sandbag a little bit. This is this is the Bill Belichick footage that they can review before the draft. <laughs> look at look at Don Lyles. Don says, Yeah, that's it right there. Much berries, yep. Says, you know, and, uh, so another thing we had mentioned earlier, uh BJ, I, I also do on the Major Spoilers Network, I do the Top 5 Express, which is uh, just a 10-minute show uh, where I just take a board game segment. I mean, it's board game topic and do Top 5. I also do the uh, Munchkin Land podcast on there, which is uh, board game news, which is also only about 10 minutes. That's how I fit those in. I keep them really short. Yeah. But there is uh, coming up in the next month, I do a twofer where it's one is uh, Top 5 Games You Can Play Solo. So these are just regular mm-hmm. games to play solo. And then Top 5 Solo-only games. Is right. Under Falling Skies going to get mentioned? Uh, maybe. Maybe. We'll have to see. Maybe it away, but it might be, it might be on that list. Uh, I also do a segment on, uh, on the morning stream, which is uh, Scott Johnson and Brian Ibbett. I do a segment every other Friday, a uh, board game segment on there as well. But please check out the Geek All-Stars. It'll be uh, released later this week. Uh, where we, you know, Myself, Chris, uh, Grant, and, uh, and David. Well, Dan, you are welcome back anytime. It's funny that you mentioned Absolutely. Grant Line. He's going to be on the show in two weeks. Nice. Yeah, you can ask him about being on a, be, being the latest all star. We'll have you, you will have you guys on at some point, and uh, we'll have to figure out something really good. You know, uh, top, Dean, uh, me and that, Dean could come on and talk about uh, do a Disney park attractions draft. You know, what we were, you know what we were thinking. What, dude? I'm right here. I'm right here. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Steve. You what and Dean about Disney park attractions. <laughs> <laughs> What do you know? We could do, uh, well, we could do bourbons, but I would finish in the last on that one. Oh, yeah. Right. Steve could do bourbons, right? I, I'm, I'm flexible. I, it, would take some, it would take some research on the Disney attractions, but, you know, you know I, I would be no Dean or BJ on that one. But, yeah, I, I'm gay. What if we did a private college's drafts from the Northeast? Oh, good God. That is, that is too close to home at this point with, with uh, college hunting right we, now. Uh, lacrosse players from New Orleans. <laughs> <laughs> I could do that one. <laughs> I could do that one. All right. All right, board gamers. That's it for another episode of Gumbo Live. Make sure to like our Facebook page, facebook.com slash board game gumbo or the YouTube page. It helps us to get the word out about all of our upcoming shows, including next week, Dan. We have another Dan coming on. It's Dan Therott. He's known as Space Biff. He's one of my absolute favorite written reviewers next to Chris Ray, because I love Chris Ray. But uh, Dan is just super erudite. Love reading his, I mean, just, it's, he's really a critic. Where I'm just a reviewer, he's a critic. He goes in and it's mm-hmm. just it's critical analysis every week when he does it. Can't wait to talk to him. And then the following week we have Grant Line. He's coming in to talk about this game, Curmudgeon, mm-hmm. that I got a copy of. Have you played it yet, Dan? I have not played it, but I know it just uh, released either the last week or the week before. 
I just got my copy in, so we haven't tried it yet. And honestly, I'm going to tell Grant, that's kind of a tough game to play. It's a party game that you need four or five people to play and throw insults at each other. That's going to be tough to play in, in this environment. But I'm going to try. Yeah. I'm trying to get it done in the next couple of weeks. And Dan, welcome back anytime. I'm BJ from Board Game Gumbo. And in ne- until next time, Steve and Dan, laissez-les bon temps rouler. Thanks for listening. Gumbo Live is produced by DJ Rosa and the name father, Steve O'Rourke, with editing by Sean Jones. You can find more Board Game Gumbo content by checking out our YouTube channel, Facebook page, and Twitter feed at Board Game Gumbo. Or visit the Board Game Gumbo blog at BoardGameGumbo.com. Hey, this is Patrick. And this is Eric. From Patrick Patrick and Eric Eric in the morning. Join us every now and again for about a half an hour as we freeform chat about whatever's on our minds and how it all relates back to our favorite hobby, board gaming. Patrick and Eric in the morning can be found on the What Did You Play This Week podcast feed and on the Punchboard Media site. Happy listening.